Number 10 of Spirit, Soul, and Body. Hallelujah. And let's go a little bit different direction tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I think, you know, Kevin, you was pretty before you get a microphone. Amen. Hallelujah. You didn't need a microphone to make you pretty. I, you know, we was coming over here and we were late. Cause we had we just got started late. I don't know what. We was running behind and, and we'd told Carter we'd pick him up. We got all the way to the interstate and remembered him had to turn around and go back because we knew we didn't dare disappoint him. We'd have been we'd have been bad grandparents forever, wouldn't we? And and, and uh, uh so um uh, but anyway, got behind this guy over here, and he had hair just like Kevin's. And we had about three cars in front of us, and he, you know, he was driving so slow because he was combing it. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and he combed it and combed it and combed it and combed it. It was just like Kevin's. And Pastor, when he got through, Pastor said, looks just like it did before he started. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, well, maybe his head was itching or something. He, maybe he was scratching instead of, hallelujah. But he was combing his hair. Hallelujah. Thought we was going to be late to church while we watched him comb his hair. Glory to God. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So if y'all, hey, if we're ever late, just start. Go. We'll be here soon. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all know what to do. If we don't show up at all, Jonathan, you get up and preach. Amen. Or Karen can preach. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5. No, we've never not shown up. But we have cut it close once or twice. You know. And First Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse shows us without a doubt that we're a three-part being, not just two parts. Most people recognize that there's two parts. Even psychologists recognize that, you know, man is more than just a body, that there's, a, there's something in there, you know. And, uh, 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 but most people and most church members uh, are not is really aware that they're three parts. They uh, interchange that word spirit and soul, and it could and it's it it you have to rightly divide the word of truth to know when it's talking about spirit, when it's talking about soul, when it's talking about body. In Hebrews chapter four verse twelve, another scripture uh, that we have that uh, shows us that there is a difference, um, and you know. Um, a lot of most people say, uh, I'm believing for souls to be saved. Or four, so, four souls got saved this morning at church. But nobody got their soul saved at church this morning. Uh, they only got their spirit saved. Amen? Hallelujah. But we're in process. And we'll look at those scriptures tonight. Hebrews 4.12. Uh, it says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Of soul and spirit. So there's something that needs to be divided here, and it's the you, ha, the, the, it, you need to divide between your soul and spirit, and there's only one thing that can divide between your soul and spirit, and that is the Word of God. In other words, you can't go in and judge by how you feel and say, well, that's God. That's oh, that's the Holy Spirit. You can't do that because you can't. Your your uh, feelings are unreliable when it comes to judging. Is this God? Is this the Holy Spirit leading me? Your feelings are unreliable. What you think is unreliable when it comes to judging about whether this is God or is this the Holy Spirit. So what? We, the only thing that can divide between soul and spirit. See, our spirit and our soul are so closely. Uh, you know, we talk. We put them on the board. And uh, we look at them here, and it, uh, let me get down to the born again man. And we look at this spirit, soul, and body, and we spread them out here, and you'd think, well, it'd be real easy to tell, because see, they're very distinct. But in reality, it, it, you know, we just do that for demonstration. You're something like this, and sometimes it's real hard to distinguish between soul and spirit. You know, because our soul and our spirit, our spirit's talking to our soul and ministering to our soul, and our soul has got a voice, and our soul is constantly ministering to us and talking to us at the same time. And our soul talks to us through the things even that, you know, how mama always acted and how mama always felt. I'm telling you something, folks. Genes are very powerful things. This, you know, this is kind of funny, but... Uh, when I'm sitting with my shoes off, like in sitting on the bed, 
and propped up in the bed or something or sitting with my feet on a um, ottoman, yeah, a stool or something. I sit, I don't know why I do it, but I do my feet like this. I'll sit there and rub my feet together like that. Well, my grandmother did that. Well, Caitlin is too little to have observed me doing it and copying me. And Colin and Chris said, Caitlin sits and rubs her feet together like this. Let me tell you something, jeans are powerful. I said, well, she's got at least one of my jeans, don't she? Hallelujah. And it's the feet rubbing jeans. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if she has anything else like me, but she rubs her feet together like her nanny and like her great, my, my grandmother. So it would be her great, great grandmother. This is passed down. You know, jeans are powerful things. And you know, the Bible says that, um, um, how, what does it say? Um, that Levi paid tithes. Levi was in the loins of Abraham and paid tithes. When Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, Levi was in his loins and Levi literally tithed. And so, what you know, it, it, that seed was in Abraham. That, 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 men don't have seed, but whatever. Yeah, and I don't want to get into biology here. Y'all know the biology. Hallelujah. But anyway, that it was he was in him. He was already in him and it said he paid tithes. So there so these things are so powerful and they're so strong in us and they affect us. You heard the story I've told it about the woman who uh, uh, her, she uh, was cooking a roast and she would always cut the roast half in two and then put it in the pan. And one day she got to thinking, why do I cut this roast half in two? These should buy one of those big rump roasts and cut it half in two. And she thought, why do I do this? So she said, well, Mama always did. So she thought, why did Mama do it? So she called Mama and said, Mama, why do we cut the roast half in two? She said, honey, I only did it because I didn't have a pan big enough. And see, but we see things. We see our family do things. And then plus we're in their loins. You know, generations ago you were in somebody's loins when they were doing whatever they were doing. And then we don't, we sometimes don't understand why we're pulled certain directions. Some of them good directions. Sometimes we're pulled in a good direction. We don't even know why we were pulled. But ancestors and those things that were passed down. Then there's times we're pulled in a negative direction. And we don't know why people are pulled towards alcoholism and pulled towards those things but we were in their loins and so there's the, the blood of Jesus can separate us from that but those things are powerful and we can't that's why we cannot we have to divide between soul and spirit because there's things in our soul that were taught us that are very powerful things that we when we learned we didn't know we learned and those things that are if they're against the word of God they have to be rooted out one by one, they have to be rooted up and dealt with. The seed that you're planting, Pastor talking about seed tonight, you can plant a seed full, a field full of good seed. But if you don't dig out the weeds, you still are not going to have a healthy crop. And so you and I are all, and we will, when Jesus comes back, we will be in the process of digging out everything. Yeah. We'll still be digging up something. Something will still be coming up that we go, my Lord, where'd that come from? You know, that's not God. That's not faith. That's not, you know, that's not right. That's against the Word of God. And so we have to have the Word of God to divide those things for us. And we look to the Word of God, and that's why we measure everything up against the Word of God. You can't trust your emotions when it comes to getting married. That's why you got the Word. And the Word will, you know, if we just obey the Word, it'll steer you around about 99% of all people. That'll, that'll disqualify about 99% of the men in, the men you know. Hallelujah. And about 99% of the girls you know will be disqualified. Just by the word of God. And so we and you can't trust your emotions. You can you can go, man, she looks good. She smells good. She she's sweet. But how many of you know they can look good, smell good, and act sweet and then turn into a hellcat? I mean, I'm, they can. Hallelujah. Or maybe they're still sweet and good and all that, but you know you got a clash, a culture clash. You can have just a culture clash and it wreck a marriage. 
You know, God knows how to put us together. And only the Word of God. See, we got so, so in everything, in every decision of life, we submit ourselves to the Word of God. And we let the Word do the dividing. Because our soul and our spirit, the only thing that can divide in soul and spirit is the Word of God. Your spirit, man, is the part of you. This is the spirit right here, born again spirit. Your spirit, man, is the part of you that contacts God. Um... The part of you that knows God. Your spirit's the part... God is deals with you in the spirit realm. He always deals with the spirit of man. And uh, not much... He's not as much... And he loves us and he, he wants us to... He has to help us with our body. But he is not making decisions about us based upon our flesh. He's not making decisions on you. He's making his decisions about you based upon your spirit. Amen. Uh, uh, your spirit man is where the revelation comes. You are having revelation in your heart. And then your heart is telling, your spirit man is telling your head. Hallelujah. And you're having revelation all the time. The Lord's speaking to you. You have to learn to listen to Him. He's directing you. He's directing you when you're driving. Don't go that way. And then you go that way anyway, and you go, oh, I sure. I, the other day, that very thing happened to me. I'm in a hurry to get home. I'm supposed to babysit Caitlin. I thought, turn left and go Bear Creek Cutoff. And I thought, nah, and went straight. Got, I mean, met a funeral. And I told Pastor, nobody has that many friends and family. Nobody. <laughs> I know there won't be that many people come see me. Hallelujah. But... I'm telling you, it went on and on and on and on forever. It was 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit just wants to help us, you know, in our, you know, in our everyday life, just to help, help us avoid traffic jams. He just wants to help us in every way. But we got to learn to listen. And I said, man, I knew. I knew I was supposed to go Bear Creek cut off, but I didn't. Anyway, but I'm learning. I'm learning every, I'm getting better and better at this. And it takes practice, folks. We learn to hear God. We practice hearing God. And, and we're growing in it, all of us. Uh, the spirit man is where healing comes. And uh, the spirit man is what the part of you that's born again. John 3, 7, Jesus said, Ye must be born again. This is the part he was talking about. Ye must be born again. Hallelujah. And we know that it's not hard to get born again. We know how to do that. And let's turn to Romans chapter 2. Look at a different scripture that we hadn't looked at yet concerning spirit, soul, and body. Romans 2.28. Now, when you're reading the Word of God, now that you've heard this teaching, and when you're reading the Word of God, you need to be dividing. You read it with a... Uh, you read the Word and you say... You ask yourself, now is God talking about my spirit here? Is He talking about my soul? Because sometimes the word soul or spirit's not in the Scripture, but you've got to discern. What's He talking about here? And so it'll help you if you do. Romans 2 verse 28. It says, uh, For He is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, circumcision which is outward in the flesh. So it's, He said, it, you know, this... This spiritual thing, this is not about your flesh and being circumcised in the flesh. Verse 29, But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So he gives us some big clues here that uh, it's, a, it's a heart matter. It's a spirit matter. And he talks about one of the things that's a big clue there is that in that scripture, when it talks about the heart, it's talking about the spirit man. Did you see that in verse 29? If circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. Is that of the heart in the spirit. Now when you read the word of God, this is where it gets a little bit where you have to you have to apply yourself. I don't want to say it's tricky because it's not, but you have to pay attention. Because when you read the word heart in the scriptures, sometimes it's not talking about the spirit man. Sometimes it's talking about the soul. And sometimes it's talking about the, the cardia, the physical pump that you have inside of you. In your body, so we could say it. To, we could say it several different ways. We could say the spirit man has a heart, the soul man has a heart. You know, we always talk about that hurt my heart. Well, we're not talking about our spirit man. We're talking about our soul when we say that. You know, that hurt my heart. 
my, uh, that I, I have a broken heart. You don't get a broken heart in the spirit, man. And Jesus said, I came to bind up the brokenhearted. Well, he could have been referring also that I'm going to heal this man. He totally redid this man and, 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 and took out the broken heart. He said he took out the heart of flesh, uh, stone and gave him a heart of flesh. And so he could have been referring to that there. But when you hear somebody today say, um, you know, I got my heart broke. And some man broke my heart. Well, this is, he got, he got his soul hurt. And so the soul, and in the scripture, sometimes the word heart is referring to the soul man. And sometimes it's talking about the physical pump. The, so, so that is one of the areas where you really do have to rightly divide the word of truth. And so we could say it like that, that the spirit has a heart, the soul has a heart, and the body has a heart. We all three parts of me has a heart. Or you could say it like this, um, that you could just say that whichever one, it's referring to the spirit man. Like in this case, it's referring to the spirit man in Romans uh, 2.29 here. It's referring to the spirit man. And you... But there's different scriptures. You're going to have to. You're going to have to divide that. First Corinthians fourteen fourteen. Let's look at that. Another scripture we haven't looked at. Hallelujah. And we did this this evening. And so we will. First uh, Corinthians fourteen fourteen. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. So when we prayed in the Spirit tonight, guess what was praying? The Spirit man. Let me tell you something. The Spirit man is smart. The Spirit man is a lot smarter than your uh, mind, will, and emotions man, your soul man. He's a, the Spirit man's a lot smarter than your brain. The spirit man is smart. And when you pray in the spirit, the Bible says when you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit prayeth. And when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're praying the perfect will of God. Your head's not in fault. In fact, he said that the understanding, and understanding would be in your soul. Your understanding is unfruitful. You don't know what you're saying. And you know that's a good thing a lot of times. Because we pray carnal, flesh-ruled prayers. We pray out of our head. We aren't supposed to just jump into prayer and start praying anything that comes to our head. We are to pray in English sometimes. Paul said, I pray with my spirit and I pray with my understanding. He pray but you know what? We only pray with our understanding being led by the spirit. We don't go in there and just pray what we think. You know, because we'll get over, and that's why in Romans 8, he told us, you, uh, you, you, when you don't know how to pray as you ought, that you pray in the Spirit. And there's situations and circumstances where we don't know how to even ask God. We don't even know how to pray. So what I do is I actually say, like maybe it's your child, and you know your child needs something, but you don't know what they need. Or maybe sometimes, I've known people that needed so much, you didn't know where to start and which one to start with first. You know, and so you just say, Father, I lift up Johnny, and you just start, I pray, and I'm praying, and my spirit is praying, and I'm praying out, I'm praying, and I'm praying the perfect will of God, and the Holy Spirit knows how to take that. Now, I don't just sit there and act like a lot on a log, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit while I'm praying, and I'm looking for direction. And if I sense something in the Spirit, and I may sense something right then, and I may speak it out then in English and say, and I may speak that out. I just may, maybe I just have something comes to my mind. Maybe the thought of, a, of angels protecting him comes to my mind. If that comes to my mind as I'm praying in tongues, I'll say, Lord, I just thank you that the, I'll speak that out in English, that, that you're giving your angels charge over them. Because I know that the Holy Spirit's leading me to pray for angelic protection and to speak that out. Amen? And so I follow the Holy Spirit. Now, and we'll talk more about that, but... Um, so, so I have this helper, and my helper is in my spirit, and he helps me to pray. I feel sorry for people that don't pray in tongues. I mean, you are so limited to just what you can think. And, and, and you know, if, I know if you are like me, it usually takes me about a minute and a half to pray everything I can think, and I'm through. And you know, and then it's like, and I know I need to pray for this, but I don't know, I don't have a clue of what else to say, and I've already said that once. 
And so, so I need a helper. And so I pray in tongues. And I just keep on praying in tongues. And it's something you just do for years and years and years and years. See, I don't know how to, to win the city of, east of Cottondale and all east of Tuscaloosa County. But the Holy Spirit knows. And if we will pray in tongues, He will get the job done. Because we'll be praying the perfect will of God. We pray out the mysteries. Amen. Um, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, well, we'll read it, but we've read it several times. But just for clarification and to go some different direction. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are, um, no, that's all, just that one. Uh, so when you got born again, you became a new creation. The fact is you were put into a different class of being. Do you ever feel like when you're with people, you go, I just don't relate to y'all. You know, you nearly feel like they're from a different planet. Well, the fact is, the reason is, is because you're in a different class of being. You're not just an ordinary human being anymore. But you've been born of God. You've been refathered from above. Hallelujah. And those natural inheritances that are bad, we have to, we have to render them. We, now, you know, the devil will enforce the curse of the generations if you'll let him. If you'll let him through ignorance. But the truth is that uh, you've been refathered from above and that your biology does not have as much to do with it as you would, as, as it doesn't have to have anything to do with it anymore. You don't have to inherit cancer because grandpa had, you know, you go to the doctor, they want you to know your medical history. Did your grandmother have cancer? Did your mother have cancer? Do you have diabetes in your family? But I, but, and you know, it don't go over real big when you say, when you write on there I've been refathered from above but the truth is the truth but you know to tell you the truth I'm like do I, I that is the hardest thing I do is fill those papers out because I'm like I am not going to check that and so I just don't check it and pray they don't ask you know like my family and all that kind of stuff I guess I could say I've been adopted I don't know. I'm adopted. Yes. Yes. God adopted me. He's my father. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know, and even the truth, let me tell you, I have pretty good, actually, I have pretty good his, his genes. I have a pretty good medical history from my family, but I'm not putting my faith in that either. So even if it's good, don't put your faith in that. Amen. And so... um Glory to God. Um, you've been put into a different class of being, and now you can fellowship with God. The old man, the old man, you, and you can see why. Look at this guy. Here's God. This man cannot fellowship with God. This is the spirit of a sinner, a, born, a man that's not been born again. This guy cannot fellowship with God. Y'all quit flirting with each other back there now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, you got called down from the pulpit just like when you was a, te you was a teenager. I'm just kidding. They is flirting. Amen. <laughs> but they're married. It's legal. I'm teasing them. <laughs> I'm teasing. I really was just teasing. Amen. It's legal. I flirt with pastors sometimes in church, too. I even hold his hand sometimes. Uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, you can see why the, he, this guy can't fellowship with God. I mean, it's real easy to see, isn't it? But then you can see now, now that you've been born again. You, look at that. We look just alike. Man, I can fellowship with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, uh, John 4, 24 says, and look, I want you to look at that, even though we know it. I want you to look at how Jesus words this to this woman. And Jesus 4, uh, Jesus, Jesus 4, 24, John 4, 24. It really is Jesus. It's red letter. Amen. Um, hmm. Look in verse 23. Look at this. He says, but the hour cometh. 
and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He, you know, it, it, He had to talk to her like that because right then she couldn't worship Him in spirit and in truth. But He said, the hour is coming, and it's right here upon us because I'm just now, I'm fixing to go to the cross just any day now. And, you know, it's right here, but, the, you know, the hour hadn't come, but, but you're going to be able to worship Me in spirit and in truth truth because they were just doing everything out of their mind and out of their flesh and they're doing all sorts of weird things in the church today you go to most churches and they worship like old testament men in fact some of it you know i've been to churches literally holy god help us and uh you know when moses went up the mountain to get the ten commandments and they is having i mean they is doing all sorts of dancing and orgy it was practically an orgy just flesh demonstration. I've been in churches when praise and worship looked like that. I mean, praise and worship was totally about the flesh. They were no more thinking about God that they was uh, they was gyrating and bouncing and 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 you know. And there's nothing wrong with dancing in the Holy Ghost. There's nothing wrong, man. I tell you, the Holy Spirit gets on us, and we're liable to we're liable to dance. But there is a world of difference in the Holy Spirit coming up on you and you dancing or you taking off around the room running. There's a world of difference in that. And there is, you know, just bouncing around the room and uh, just demonstrating flesh and getting up here in front of everybody and uh, putting on a ballerina suit and all the men are looking. You know, not, I'm not trying to accuse men. I don't mean that. But I mean, why do we pray these? And these women are up here swaying. That is just flesh, folks. We need to get our mind on Jesus. And we don't need to be looking at somebody doing banners. And I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And besides, it's not New Testament. It's not New Testament worship. It's based on Old Testament worship. And we need to get in the New Testament. We need to start worshiping Him in spirit and truth. And the people are sincere. I don't mean that. They're sincere. But a lot of times, but anything, Brother Hagin taught us anything that takes the attention away from Jesus. Anything that takes the attention away from Jesus. You know, it's so amazing when the Holy Ghost orchestrates something, how it doesn't disrupt anything. I mean, you may see somebody fly by, but you're still, you know, it don't even stop you. But you know when it gets to be flesh, everybody in the church will quit worshiping and just start watching. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, I've noticed even when, when, when people start bringing offerings down at the front, I never even notice. I don't even see them. It, you know, it doesn't even interrupt the sermon because it's the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit directing that. And uh, <clears throat> glory to God. I didn't mean to talk about that, but I did. And, and I don't, uh, you know, talk to me about it afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Um, John, uh, so we now we can worship Him in spirit, from our spirit. Everything we need is already in our spirit when we're born again. Colossians 2.10 says, Ye are complete in Him. You are complete in Him. You don't need anything in your spirit. You don't, and, and you know, you've heard of people, well, they say they have a broken spirit or they have a, a, a wounded spirit. That's not true. All your wounds, and you can have wounds, don't, don't get me wrong, but they're all in your soul. It's all in your soul, your spirit. And you know, here's the thing. Here's what's powerful about this. If you think your spirit's all broke down, then, you're, then you don't have anything to overcome with. But if you realize you are complete in Him and your spirit, man, is strong and powerful and complete and has all of Jesus in Him, uh, uh, hallelujah, you got it. Then you can choose to live from the spirit versus living from the soul because your soul can be screaming. Your soul can be crying. Your soul can be saying, you got a broken heart. But you can say, no, the real me. No, soul, you shut up. Soul, you get in line. The real me is whole. I'm whole. You can get up and say, I'm free. You can say, I'm free when you don't feel free. When you feel just so bound and you, because you can, because the truth is you're free. And you, the devil's just trying to make your soul feel bound. See, the devil can affect your soul realm. He can give you feelings. But he can't touch your spirit. And we need to start calling what our spirit is instead of calling what our soul is. But we're telling everybody, oh, you know, I feel so bad today. Your spirit don't. I'm depressed today. Your spirit's not. Hallelujah. And see, there's something, there's something so powerful when we realize the part that's the most important. 
Hallelujah. And Brother Hagin used to say, I feel good, I feel fine, body get in line. And not being so body conscious. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, in the Amplified it says, You have reached your full spiritual stature. You are complete in Him. Colossians 2.10 in the King James. But in the Amplified it says, You have reached your full spiritual stature. More, you know, it's like, well, I need to grow up. You already did in the Spirit. Now start living it like, just, just start acting like, man, I tell you, I'm already this. Start acting like you're somebody. How, quit acting whooped because you're victorious. Amen. Ephesians 4.24 in the New Living Translation. How, I don't even know what it says in the King James, but I wrote it down in the New Living. It says, you must display a new nature. Because you are a new person, created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. Your spirit man is righteous, it's holy, and it's true, and you must start displaying a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness. You know, you don't have to sin. You don't have to choose to go that way. You're not bound. You're free. You're delivered. And you just need to start saying, saying it and start acting it. Start living from the Spirit. In the, uh, amen. In Galatians 5.22, the Bible says that there's nine fruit of the Spirit that dwell in you. Nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Nine fruit of the Holy Spirit already dwell in you. Love. You've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You are a natural lover. You just naturally love people. Why? Because you're born again. Now your soul may not be trained that way. Your soul may have got trained when you were still a sinner, when you were still this man. Your soul may have got trained to be kind of nasty. Your soul may have got trained to be an unforgiving person. Hard to forgive. Hard to apologize. Hard to say I'm sorry. But that's not the real you. The real you is love's wants to help people, even people that have hurt you. And I know uh, just even today, uh, just situation came up, people that in our past have done us wrong, had problems, and I, you know, my heart, my heart still wanted to comfort them. My heart wanted to love them. Now my head says, man, they, they, they did bad things. But my heart said, they're God's kids. They're God's people. You know, I, I want, my heart wants to come from I can feel my. I can feel the difference. See, I'm, I can divide. I can tell this is my head. You know? And you know, sometimes my, my husband and I, Pastor, have just learned to do this. We've had people say ugly, ugly things to us. We've had, we've had families say ugly things to us. Sometimes family will say ugly things to you. And you know what we said, though? We've learned to say this We've because they're Christians. We've said, you know, that's just their head talking. That's just their head. You know, the head can just get out of control. The flesh can just get out of control. And hurting people hurt other people. And when somebody's hurting, they'll just lash out at you. I know that's true because I've lashed out at Pastor before. And I didn't, and I, and I love him, but I was hurting right then. And I just wanted to hurt somebody. So I just, you know, snapped at him, bit his head off. Y'all ever do that? Y'all are looking at me like, not me. Hallelujah. Oh, I know. I mean, I bet even Karen and Kevin have snapped at each other before. <laughs> I know, brothers and sisters. I know Colin and Eric have, you know, come to nearly blows before, especially in their younger years. Hallelujah. And, you know, and yet they love each other. And they would, they would whoop your tail if you bothered either one of them. The other one would whoop you. But see, that's and so, but their head sometimes gets to talking. And you know, you need to do that. You need to say, well, that was just their head talking. And you can forgive them. Instead, families go 10 and 12 and 15 and 20 years, hadn't spoken to my mother in 20 years. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that pitiful? And Christians, just because they said something ugly that you can't remember because it's been so long, what they even said. You, can't, you know, you can't remember why they're mad. You can't remember why you're mad. 
Hallelujah. Well, you need to you need to separate, and even in that state, spirit, soul, and body. Well, that wasn't their spirit talking. In their spirit, they really love me. Amen. In their spirit, they love me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, um, the spirit man is the real you. First Peter three four says it's the hidden man of the heart. See, there we go. We have the heart there relating to the spirit. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16. Let's turn to that one. Whew. Hallelujah. See, this spirit, soul, and body and learning to divide will help you in your relationships. It'll help you forgive people. You've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Did you know you're not unhappy in your spirit? You've got joy. You've got love. You've got joy. You've got peace. You need to let your heart and your spirit start feeding your soul, feeding your soul peace. Sometimes we fight the peace. God's trying to give us peace and we just are determined to be upset. You know, peace is trying to come and we're like, no, no, I, I you know, you can kind of enjoy being upset. I've known lots of people that they weren't happy unless they had a fight going. Unless they had strife going. Uh, and, and, but your heart's trying to feed you peace. It's trying to feed you joy. Hallelujah. We come into church, and you know, I know some people do this. Man, the Spirit of God will get to moving, and we're clapping, and Kevin takes off dancing, and we're, uh, we're in joy. And maybe even like two or three weeks ago, we were ha, ha, ha. And you know, you can feel your heart wanting to be happy, but you push it down. And say, no, I'm, I, I, I remembered I'm sad. I remembered, I'm, I, I'm hurt. People push it down and try to remind themselves. The, Lord, the Holy Spirit's trying to get the joy flowing again. And the, no, 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 I'm hurt. I've done it myself. I've, I've, uh, I, men, you know, I just tell all sometimes, but we don't. And I'm my pastor and I don't fight hardly ever, in, so I don't want y'all to think we do. But you know, there's been times when we had a little word, a little crossword or something, and uh, he'd be gone maybe four or five hours to work or something, and he'd come back, and I'd be so happy to see him, and all of a sudden I'd remember. <laughs> and I'd push that happy to see him down and remember I was mad at him. I've even said that before. I just remembered I was mad at you. I mean, he would come up and put his arms around me and kiss me, start kissing me, and I'd say, I just remembered I'm mad at you. And he's, you know what else? Well, then we'll usually laugh about it because he'll say, well, that's good. I'm glad you remembered, you know. And uh, hallelujah. But you, but, you know, you can literally feel that happening. That God's trying to minister you to the love, forgiveness. Just go on, you know. You don't have to have justice. You don't have to have, you don't have to prove you're right. See, because I'm one of those that wants to prove I'm right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't, you know, that's one of my little weakness faults that I share with you there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Got to prove I'm right. But anyway, uh, you know, did, did you know that people die and you don't have, you, you, there used to be a, like a, a etiquette type thing that women had to put on a, you know, they had to wear black a certain number of days and they had to wear a black veil. And, you know, that's back in the olden days. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Scarlett O'Hare, she had to do that. And uh, remember, y'all remember that? Y'all don't know that? And that was just expected of you to mourn, to grieve. But did you know if you're a born-again Christian and somebody dies in your family, God wants you to be happy the next day. He's trying. He's like, go ahead and be joyful. Oh, oh no, now I gotta remember I'm grieving. I gotta remember that 15 years ago somebody got killed in a car wreck. And you know, and they feel like if they're happy at Christmas. And so they do, the Christians push that joy. I, I, I couldn't be happy at Christmas because my Lord, they got killed 15 years ago on Christmas Eve. I couldn't be happy. Oh no, that wouldn't be. You know, we feel like it wouldn't be right to be happy. The Holy Spirit wants you to be happy. Jesus said He bore your griefs. He bore your griefs. Well, I can't be happy today because this is Mama's birthday. Hallelujah. Did you know there are people doing that every day in Tuscaloosa right around the corner here? Well, I couldn't be happy today because this is the 10th anniversary of the day that Mama went home to be with the Lord. But the Holy Spirit's saying, oh, have a happy day. Oh, be happy. And they would feel literally guilty. So they push it down and they say, no, 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 Holy Spirit, you can't make me happy. 
You can't give me joy, but the Holy Spirit all times trying to give you joy, trying to give. And then there's people that look at their checkbook, and the Holy Spirit's trying to say peace, peace, and they're going, "Oh no, no, I need to be upset here, cause look, and look, I have these bills, and I couldn't have peace. I couldn't just walk in peace." Amen. This is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Hallelujah. Are y'all at Second Corinthians four sixteen? We'll go to another subject. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So he said, this man is perishing. The outward man, this is the body. This man is aging. He's getting older and older. You can admit it or not, or not admit it. You cannot tell people your age, which is perfectly ridiculous if you want to ask my opinion. Well, you know, I've asked people their age before and then change the subject. You know, they want to tell your age. Or say, I, I'm having my... I'm still having my 39th birthday. You know, I have a history. I told a lady today, you're, you're having your 11th 39th birthday, huh? Because she was 50 today. You're having your 11th 39th birthday. Hallelujah. We laughed about it. But um, anyway, but this man, this man, he's being renewed day by day. He's not getting a day older. He's, you know what? God's not getting any, God's not aging. He's not getting old and decrepit. And this guy's like God. He's not aging. Hallelujah. He'll never be any older. This guy will never be any older. Oh, I'm so glad he's the important one. Amen. He's like God. In verse 17 there, look. Um, let's see. Look at that. It says, uh, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, talking about in the body, is but for a moment, is but for a moment, Work, it worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are seen are eternal. So he's talking about this man, he's not aging. This is talking about the body and the spirit. This man, he's, it's eternal. He's not aging. He's not getting any older. But he's telling you, this man, don't look at this man. Don't when what do we spend all our time doing is looking and worrying and fretting over this man and having a zillion plastic surgeries? Worrying about this man. And he said, Don't worry about that man. He's temporal. He's past the Bible says in the Amplified Bible says temporal fleeting and passing away. You're gonna be rid of him soon. Don't worry about it. You'll be rid of this guy. I mean, hallelujah. Uh, and he's temporary. And he said, don't look to that, but look to that which is eternal. Look not which are the things which are seen. Don't be worrying about your weight all the time. There's women, I've known women in churches that all they did was fret about how much they weighed. Well, quit worrying about that. And start thinking about the inner man. And then there's men, women that spend four hours trying to put eyelashes on so they'll be a little meter longer. Or half, I don't know how much a meter is. A meter may be real long. I don't know. Jonathan says it is. You know, okay, a centimeter. Is that, there'll be a centimeter. I mean, and spend all this time thinking about, and they don't give a, a two, two seconds to the inner man. And the inner man's the only one that counts for anything. Now, I think we ought to do some best we can with this. And we ought to put on some deodorant. I asked them tonight. We was the only ones on that side the whole half for a long time. I said, did we all not wear deodorant tonight? Everybody sat on this side of the church. We ought to wear deodorant. We ought to smell the best we can, look the best we can, you know. But, you know, no need combing it, Kevin, if it don't comb. <laughs> if it don't comb. I mean, you can just, that guy, he just can sit there and run the comb through it all he wants to, but he didn't change a thing. He was just holding up traffic, you know? And, uh, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, and there's some people, we even have sayings like bad hair day and stuff like that. That's all they think about, that's all they worry about. You know, and I do think, and listen, I think we ought to, I believe there's people that ought to have uh, 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 plastic surgery. I really do. I think there's people that it, it, it raises their life, you know. But then there's people that are worrying about stuff that, well, I didn't even see that line or that wrinkle. And, you know, they're over there trying to fix a line. Or, but some of those people on extreme makeovers, thank God, they needed help, you know. And uh, y'all can send my name in if you want to. I don't care. But I don't. Now, I have a policy. No, no, uh, no, un, uh, no surgery. 
Huh? No missing? No. No, sir. They, no surgery. Hallelujah. No, 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 none for just fun. No fun, no fun surgery. There's no, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. You just got to have, y'all just face it. You're going to have to accept it like it is here. Amen. You are as perfect and mature as Jesus is in your spirit, man. Amen. See, we got to use the spiritual mirror. You want to turn the air conditioner down a little bit, somebody? Oh, you, I mean, I'm just preaching so good. You got to use the spiritual mirror of the Word of God. Yeah to discern and understand your spirit. See, we're looking in the Word of God and we're learning things about our spirit that are far more important. The only way you'll ever know who you are is by the Word of God. You can't figure it out in your head. By the Word of God, you discover who you are. See, if Hebrews 10.39, let's look at this. Let's look at our soul for a second. We are in process in our soul. We are, and, and we can make this thing go faster. We can work on our soul. Hallelujah. And we all need to. There is nobody that does not need to work on their soul, their soul man. Hallelujah. All of that stuff where you are having to, you don't feel good about yourself and you don't, you can't get up and talk in front of people and you can't, all of that is just stuff in your soul. It is just old junk. It's all it is. You are not shy in the spirit. You God did not give you a spirit of fear. He all of that timidity, all of that, all of that, and you know, just could go on, go on and on about all the stuff that's in our soul that we have got to pull out. God's not going to do a thing about it. Now He'll encourage us, you know. He'll encourage us, and He'll even set up situations. He'll have Pastor come up and say, "Would you testify tonight?" And you go, "Well, I can't speak in front of people." Well, yes, you can. You just get up there and do it. We say, but it'll embarrass me. Yeah, but that won't kill you. Nobody ever died of embarrassment. And once you do it, well, people will be looking at me. Well, that's okay. Because they don't, we're not, you know, because this, remember, this part's temporal, fleeting, and passing away. Amen. And that, you know, it don't matter. Hallelujah. You can do it. I like what Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. If you're afraid of something, do it anyway. You say, well, it's just easy for you, Miss Debbie. Didn't used to be. Sure. Just kept doing it. Sure. Could, you know, you just couldn't preach on Sunday morning. You just couldn't preach in front of preachers. Couldn't preach in front of another preacher. Could preach in church, but couldn't preach in front of another preacher. And then God put us in traveling ministry, and guess what you do? Go into other preachers' church, and the preacher's sitting right there on the front row. And so I still wouldn't preach in front of other preachers. And so Pastor tricked me. He, uh, he didn't really, but he, we developed a, a, a seminar, a uh, prosperity seminar. And we would go into churches on Saturday. And I, I, and I started having to get up and teach my... And what we would do is he would teach about a half a page and then I would teach about a half a page. And then he would teach about a half a page and I would teach about a half a page. And you know, I'd do it in front of the pastors and the pastors got where they liked me better than him. No, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm just kidding. They did. <laughs> no. But anyway, I thought I found out, you know what? I found out I could do it. And you know, it, it, I didn't look forward to it. I was nervous at first. It's a Hey, that is just your body. That is just your soul. That are, those are just feelings. Those are just feelings. Fear is just a feeling. It's just a thought and then it's a feeling. But tell me, I'm telling you, I know. Take it from somebody that couldn't hardly leave the house. But I was determined I wasn't going to be bound and sit in the house all my life. So I just did it afraid. I just went and drove my car and, and, and would sit at a traffic light just refusing to have a panic attack while I was sitting at a traffic light. Just refusing. And, it's, and it had to come to a point, this is just a feeling. And you know what? It always passed. It always left. It never, it never killed me. It never stayed there. It was just a feeling. It was just the devil trying to intimidate me. Amen? And it was just, you can do it. You do it because your spirit's free. And I would declare and say I'm free, although I didn't feel free. Amen? And I would say I'm free. I can, and I would just go. I would just get in my car and I would go. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, 
Um, are you in Hebrews 10, 39? It says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, ye endured a great... That's not what I'm wanting. I'm in 32. Okay, 39. I'll do better. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, or that word is ruin. We are not of them which draw back unto ruin, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The soul is in process of being saved, being renewed, being transformed, uh, being, it, it doesn't get it instantly. Your soul, man, your mind, will, and emotions didn't get anything when you got born again. Oh, you may have had an initial joy, an initial happiness. You may have been excited for several weeks. I guarantee you at some point those feelings left. And a lot of people thought, well, I must have lost my salvation because the feelings left. But God has not lead us by feelings and He does not want us to be addicted to feelings. And so He will purposely let the feelings go. He wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to live by faith. He wants you to live according to the inner man. not Because if you are living according to the soul man, you are riding an emotional roller coaster. You are having highs and lows. And highs and lows. And you're getting real excited at church and going home and getting way down in the valley of depression. And God does not want you to live like that. You know how He wants your soul and your emotions to be? Just like that. Just a straight line. He doesn't, you know, get maybe a little excited but you know, even that, people that get woo excited, they're, they, they're going to come down. And so, so we kind of guard our emotions. And we, we have an excitement, but our excitement is based on the Word of God. Our excitement's based on the truth. We're always just about half excited. We're always just knowing God's moving. God's doing some things. Man, I tell you, I'm stirred in my spirit. You know, just knowing that. And so we don't, we're not, oh, oh, just bouncing off the wall excited. Because if you are that way, you're going to go clear to the bottom. And, you know, so we just, we kind of hold that in check. And we don't let ourselves go down. We not, No, we remind ourselves, no, God's on the throne. God, I, I'm born again. I'm saved. God has a good plan for my life. You know, we have to remind ourselves. We have to tell ourselves these things. Don't you get control of those emotions. Amen? And that doesn't mean that you're not a... Uh, you don't show emotion. I'm not talking about that. It's okay to be a person that, that cries when you watch a sad movie. Or, you know, I cry about love. I always cry about the love stories. <laughs> it's like, oh, isn't that sweet? And Pastor will look over at me and it's like, and I might, don't look at me. Because I know he's going to make fun of me <laughs> for crying at something sweet. So it's like, don't look at me. So now he's like, I, he's pretending he doesn't see me crying. Now I'm not talking about those things. I'm not talking about, I think we ought to show our emotions, but I'm talking about letting those things rule us. And, you know, it, it, it's different. Now, if it's not, you know, going to a movie and crying because it was a little sad is not the same as going home and crying for three days because it was sad. Now, you, you've lost control when you do that. Amen? Are you, is it 820? I'm having fun. I thought it was 8 o'clock. Hallelujah. Well, did I read that scripture? We'll end right there. So, we are in the process of our soul being saved. And let me say this one last thing. He said that we believe to the saving of our soul. You know what? There's some believing to be done. There's some believing to be done. See, you believe the Word of God more than you do your soul. You believe the Word of God more than you do your feelings. You believe the Word of God more. Amen? You believe the Word of God more. And you, hallelujah, glory to God. And sometimes, this, this is work, folks. Let me tell you, getting the soul in line is work. Getting saved was easy. Getting born again is easy. Now getting this soul man to line up, it takes some mind renewal. It takes hearing the Word. But it also takes some determination. It takes some prayer. It takes some, it, it takes some it's a fight. It's the good fight of faith. You know, Joyce Meyer said she'd get to talking to Saying she'd sass uh, Dave, and so she she was wanting to break that old soul habit, and she'd go in her bathroom and put a washcloth in her mouth, stuff just to keep from, because she was one of those had to speak her mind, had to had to be right. I don't know anybody like that, but hallelujah. Let's stand up together.